0: The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. We've been in a series called The Presence Driven Life. I believe that the purpose for your life is to rest in the presence of God. And the more that we we drift into flesh, the more we move away from the presence. The more we drift into sin, the more we move away from the presence. But our original purpose was to be in the presence of God. That was Adam and Eve's original purpose. And so a restoration to God includes a restoration into the presence of God. The presence is more than a feeling. It's more than an emotion. It's even more than a miracle. The presence of God is relationship with God. One might call it communing with God. And today, I, that's what I want to speak to you about the power of communion. Because when the union was broken by sin, Jesus came to redeem and restore oneness once again with God. That we might be able to be like Adam and Eve walking in the garden in the cool of the day with the Holy Spirit, that every day the Holy Spirit walks with us. And we're gonna need the Holy Spirit because life is difficult, it's challenging. We've got struggles, we've got issues, we've got failures. And if you're gonna do it on your own, it's going to be a truly difficult life. But God is good, and he sent his Son to restore life to us, and not just life, but life more abundantly, exceeding abundant, running over, And so I can always come back that place of the garden. We can always come back to the place of the presence and receive what is our promise, receive the presence of Jesus. And so we've gone through these different elements that are spiritual and physical that keep us in alignment with the presence of God. We've talked about the oil of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the water of of deliverance and baptism. Uh, We've talked about the word of God, which renews our mind, changes our life, uh, cleanses us, clothes us in righteousness. Last week we spoke, spoke about the cross of Jesus Christ, which when we submit to it, it cuts out the things that lead to death and it cuts off the burdens that, that, that weigh us down and the cross brings us uh, in, into new life. It is the bridge between heaven and earth. And today I want to talk to you about another element that God gives us so that we might live a presence-filled, driven life, which is communion or the body and the blood. I want us to read two verses today, if we can start in the book of Exodus. Exodus um, chapter 12, we're going to read two verses in the book of Exodus, and then we're going to read a couple verses in the book of Matthew. If you're turning your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew? Turn to Matthew 26, because you're going to need these verses going forward this week. Matthew 26, and we're going to read verse 26. But as you turn there, I want to read to you in the book of Exodus. This is very powerful. Maybe I should have had you turn to Exodus. You know, I can have you turn to two verses. We can go old school today. You know, you got to put your finger in one and you flip back and forth. You know what I'm talking about. Exodus chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. The Bible says this. The blood shall be a sign for you. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. You know, sometimes I underline the powerful parts of the scripture that I want to really emphasize. I, I, I underline this whole scripture. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you. Come on, how many thank God for that verse and that promise right off the bat? <clears throat> He goes on, when I strike the land of Egypt, no plague shall befall you. Verse 14, it says this, this day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. The Bible says this, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of communion. And I want you to hear me. The power of communion is for every person. The body and the blood is for every believer. I believe that there has been a, a loss of understanding of this powerful sacrament. I, I believe that we've, we've lost knowledge of how powerful it is and maybe even um, knowing that, that, at, that you can take communion, you can be a part of this. That you are not unworthy if you are a believer in Jesus Christ to take communion. And I think that maybe, and maybe it's our Catholic background that we think someone special has to administer it. I want you to know because of Jesus, you are someone special. You are the priest of your home and you can receive the communion that Jesus died to give to you. And there is power in the blood, there is holiness in the blood, that Jesus died and he, the night he was betrayed, he gave us this beautiful Passover meal and he gave it to you. And I pray that God releases this revelation of communion to you, that this is something that you take forward for the rest of your life. Because please hear me, when you get into heaven, you're gonna sit down for a meal and it's gonna be a communion meal, a Passover meal, and it's gonna be with Jesus. This is something we're doing now in practice for the truth that is to come. And this is something that God set up in the time of Moses for the people of Egypt. And communion is a continuation of the Passover meal to us today. That God says, what I did for them, I can do for you. What I did back then, I can do right now. He's the same God, and he's as powerful today. The word is living and active today, and it is for us today Can you say amen? when you say, well, what is this? What is the power of Passover? You have to understand the place that the people of Egypt were in absolute slavery, poverty, oppression, brokenness. They barely even had a voice to cry out to God. They had no leadership. They had no way out. They had no military strength. They had absolutely nothing. But in a whisper of a prayer, God heard their cry and he sends a deliverer. And even this deliverer says, I'm a nobody. I've got nothing. I've got no ability. But you have to understand the power is not in the people and the power is not in the man. The power is in the blood of Jesus Christ. The power is in the mighty hand of God. And God says, I have a way. And he began to work on Pharaoh and work on Egypt. And even though he was resistant, God sent one plague after another to change the heart of of him who claimed... God's people. He claimed them. He said, they're mine. Pharaoh is a picture of Satan. Egypt is a picture of slavery, death. They were living in a land of deep darkness. But God says, I will not let you stay there forever. I have sent a deliverer who is coming with power. He is coming with power. And it's interesting to me that if you know the story of Moses, all of the different all of the, uh, the, the, the magi, the magicians of Pharaoh's court, they could copy all of the different plagues that God sent, but there is one thing that the world does not have that you as a believer have access to, and it is the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no other blood that rescues but the blood of Jesus. There is no other name but the name of Jesus. And this is what God was setting up in Passover. And that's why he, 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 he says this final plague is coming and it's called the plague of death. And this is a plague that will hit all people, all will die, and yet death does not have to be the final destination for us. And this plague no longer has to have eternal power over us. And so God says, but here's what I'm going to do for you, Moses, and the people of Israel. I am going to give you a lamb that will be a sacrifice for atonement at one mint. This will make you one again with me. And when you kill this lamb, you dip You dip into the blood and you apply the blood of Jesus. I want you to apply it over the doorpost and the lintel of your home. And the Bible says, God says, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And I want you to hear me. The blood was meant for the home. Look where the blood went. It went on the home. Please hear me, there's an attack against the home. There's a new Pharaoh. There's a new Egypt. There's a new oppression, and it is coming against the home, and its ultimate goal is that death would enter your home. It wants death to your mind. It wants death to your emotions. It wants death to your finances. It wants death to your marriage. It wants death to your motivation and your your strength. It wants death to your courage. It wants you to sit and be a slave to the system of sin, and yet, God said, I've got something greater and the blood is meant to cover the home, cover the home. That's what the, the blood is meant for, that it would cover you and everything in your house. May the blood be on our children. May the blood be on our bodies. May the blood be on our spirits and our souls. May the blood be on our windows and doors. I pray that the blood is on your home. And my question for you today is, is the blood on your home? Because God said it to Moses and he's saying it to you today that you must plead the blood and put it on your home. Because the problem of of death is really the problem of sin. And it's the problem that all of humanity will have to deal with. Sin is the ultimate and final plague. And it leads to death. And if you remember that, death was death for the firstborn. Remember that because that matters later on. Death for the firstborn. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. Ultimately, the plague of sin is the plague of death. Even greater than death, sin corrupts your spirit eternally. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so God gives the people of Israel the blood so that death would pass over. He gave a sacrificial lamb that would cover, the Bible says, every household. Every household. Every household. I pray that the blood covers your whole household. But you have to understand is that you have a part to play in this. God can give the lamb, But he says to Moses, but you must apply the blood. You must take the blood and you must put it on the doorpost, on the doorpost and on the lintel, on the beam that holds the house up. You must apply the blood. And the reality is, even though Jesus died on the cross as the perfect, spotless, sinless lamb of God, that blood is available to you, but you have to claim it, you have to plead it, and you have to apply it over your life. First receive it, and then you must apply it. The blood must be applied. And this is where we get that phrase, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead, what does that mean? It means I apply the blood of Jesus. 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 I want you to know the blood never runs out. I apply the blood of Jesus. I want you to know the blood is never weak. I apply the blood of Jesus. I want you to know that the blood is good enough for any issue or problem that you have. And you say, well, well, I'm still screwing up or I'm still struggling with this or I'm still a failure. Apply, 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 apply. Plead the blood of Jesus over your body, over your mind, over your spirit, and over your home. I plead the blood of Jesus. And I believe that one of the reasons we don't know this is because maybe we don't know its origins. Maybe we think, well, God just died for me and that's it. And God did die for you. But now God says, now do something with my death. Apply the blood that I have freely given. In fact, I paid a high price for you to have. And make no mistake, the world will want to mock you for this. The reality is they want to mock you because it's so powerful. Because it's so powerful. And, 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 and I, I've even heard this voice. Don't say that. People will think it's weird. And the reality is, it's not normal. There is a bit of a supernatural element to it. And of course it is, because God's involved. You want it to be human, get a human. If you want it to be godly, get God involved. Remember, I was listening once to, to sports radio back when I used to be a Patriots fan and in the good days. And I remember one of the commentators on, on Boston Sports Radio was making fun of his mom, elderly mom, Catholic. And, and he was saying that she goes to this church where they plead the blood. Ooh, oh, it's gross. It's weird. It's the blood. It was during COVID. And she was driving to church. And they couldn't go into church. So they gave communion to every person that drove to church. And, and this, this faithful old Catholic woman was praying for her son and pleading the blood over her life. And he said, it's weird. I don't get it. It's weird. And he mocked it, and it and I, I enraged me, and I couldn't figure out why this made me so frustrated until as I was researching, preparing for the sermon, it made me frustrated because it was mocking the very thing that brings salvation. It was mocking the thing to diminish the value because it's so powerful more powerful than silver. It's more valuable than gold. It does not fade in time. And the world or, or the, the, the voices of the enemy would try and say, don't get into that. That's a little weird. That's a little odd. But I'm here to tell you, it is the free gift of God unto salvation, and it is powerful. So step out in faith and say, I plead the blood of Jesus. This shouldn't be a one-time declaration. It should be an everyday declaration. And if you notice, God said, put it over the doorpost and the lentils that it would cover the household. You need to plead the blood of Jesus over the entrance and over the occupants. I plead the blood so that no spirit that is not the Holy Spirit gains any access into my home. I plead the blood. I mean that even physically. I pray you plead the every night when I pray I plead the blood of Jesus over my doors and over my windows. Plead the blood of Jesus over the entrance of your home. But even more importantly, plead it over the occupants of your home. So that those within are saved. Over your children, over your grandchildren, over their minds and their bodies and their spirits, plead the blood. Because you have to understand there are benefits to the blood of Jesus Christ. There are benefits to the blood. The first benefit we see is that when the blood is applied, death loses jurisdiction. Amen? Death loses jurisdiction. The Bible says that the angel of death passed over. It moved on. It did not enter. It did not encounter. It did not come in. It saw the blood as a sign that this house, this house is under the jurisdiction of life. Life in the home. Life in the home, which is the second benefit of the blood. We see that number two, that life is within the home. Life is within the home. If you could put that second benefit up. Life reigns within the home. So death passes over and what's happening on the inside? Those that are within, they are alive. They are alive. The Bible says in Leviticus, life is in the blood. And we know that as a physical truth, but it really is a spiritual truth that if you get the blood of Jesus on you and over you, covering you, that you get life on you. And I believe that this is an eternal promise for you, that you do not have to live under death. And this is, this is why, you know, I say on Sundays that, that God's word and the blood can cancel every curse. Because curses do not have jurisdiction where the blood has been claimed. You need to claim the blood of Jesus. And I believe that life will rain in the home and bubble up in the home, living waters that will spring up out of you. You know, you can see people that have lived under unforgiveness, they begin to look like unforgiveness. You see people that lived bitter, they begin to look bitter. You can see people that, that have lived dirty, they begin to look dirty. And, and I mean that in a spiritual sense. You can see people that have, have lived angry, they begin to look angry because there's a certain jurisdiction that they have allowed over their mind and their heart. That eventually comes over their body. And if you walked into that home, there is a jurisdiction of that spirit in the home. But I'm here to tell you there is a different authority over your home than over any other home. And maybe it's a different authority than the home you grew up in. And you say, the home that I grew up in is not the one I'm going to replicate. Well, how do I change that? Apply the blood. Apply the blood every day. Say, God, right now I'm asking for life within my home, life over my mind life over my spirit. Have you ever gotten around someone that, that, that when they speak or, or when they live, there, there's hope there that comes from the blood of Jesus Christ? And I pray that bubbles up in your home. The third benefit of the blood of Jesus is healing becomes our portion. Healing is in the blood of Jesus. Supernatural and eternal healing, but I believe also physical and temporary healing. Is in the blood of Jesus. The Bible says that when the people of Israel left Egypt, there was no feeble among them. None. Between young and old. But they were under the blood of Jesus, and there's a supernatural power for healing under the blood of Jesus. I've known people that have gone through horrific circumstances and they have gained the revelation of the power of communion. And if you feel like you need healing, I want you to know God has given you the oil, God has given you the water, God has given the altar, but God has given you the blood of Jesus Christ and you can apply it, plead it, and take it every single day. So what's the result? What's the result of these three benefits? The result is that there's exodus from the land of slavery. There's exodus from the land of slavery. I'm not saying that you don't take some of Egypt with you, but there's a difference between struggling with Egypt and living in Egypt. There's a difference between struggling with sin and living under sin. And we know that, we know that we know that the people of Israel, they carried some of Egypt with them. In fact, they carried the wealth of Egypt with them. And that, that turned on them. And that became an idol to them. And, and so they, they, they carried some things with them that maybe they shouldn't have. They, they allowed some things from Egypt to, to lead them astray later in life. And, and that's something we have to guard against. Absolutely. But make no mistake, there is a difference between carrying something with you, struggling, fighting, pushing against, pleading the blood, and living under oppressive darkness. And I'm here to tell you, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you live under a new king. You are a part of a new kingdom. You no longer live in the, under the authority of the land of plagues, darkness, and death. You now come under the land of life and life more abundantly. Amen. For God called you, the Bible says, out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And so the power of communion is for you. The power of the body and the blood is for you. God, God didn't call them out of darkness. God didn't call her out of darkness. Him, God called you out of darkness